Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 97. Myself, Big Ron Parlow, my good friend Dusty Hanshaw, and today we have a whole bunch of Instagram Q&As, as well as what's going on in our world, and we got some bodybuilding happening on It's Just Bodybuilding. Dusty, how you doing? Doing awesome. Uh, I'm I'm settled in South Carolina. I had my first workout today in uh, my it's not my home gym, but the close gym. You know, there's a close gym to your house that's kind of shitty that you go to because it's closer. That's the one I went to yeah. today. Right. Yeah. You got to have a few. Okay. You don't. So you don't need to get fancy on the shoulder day. You, you gotta you gotta tell everybody what you're talking about because they're gonna be like, what's he talking about? Well, it's simple. I moved to South Carolina. That's it. And I got to tell you, it, it is it is green, which I'm not used to. We have brown at home. Um, and everything's a little slower, which I totally dig, uh, except for the fact that people actually drive slower. Like where I'm from, when the speed limit is 45, what that means is the minimum you drive is 45, and you can go faster than that. Right. Five, <laughs> 10 miles an hour is fine. Five is safe without a ticket. 10, you're pushing your luck. Here, it's like optional. They're like, ah, 35 will do. I'm like, no, it will not do. I'm behind you in a big ass truck. I will push you out of the way. So right. I'm going to have to work on the city and get them to understand that even though I don't really have anywhere to be, I like to get there quicker. <laughs> you still like to get there quicker. Well, I was trying to hurry. I was post workout. I needed my I needed my food before the show. I was stressed, but we got it done. We got it done. I I uh, I'm excited to hear um, how you uh, I guess navigate your way through the gym selection process, and whether you wind up finding a new sort of like loyal one only home or whether you are sort of doing what you've done in other times of your life where you have like five gyms and you have a back gym and a leg gym and a chest gym. <laughs> so I'm exactly. interested to see what happens with that. And, and then also I'm interested to see how you change the gyms that you pick because yeah, that's exactly you always wind up whenever you pick a gym and you're like, okay, hey, I'm going to train here. It's like, you know, a few months in the owner's like, Oh, I better get a new extension, eh? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, already, I've already got my plan for the for the main gym that I like. Um, some, some pieces that I want to bring in, so uh, I think that he'll be down, and, and I'm and I'm okay with splitting the price. I just need a couple pieces, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm down to make it a the world a better place. That's right, that's what I'm right. To no, do that's... I'm, I'm a saint. Is pretty much what it is. No, that's uh, that's that's something that you have to do. In my in my uh, my my years now, if I had to like move somewhere and train at another gym, I can't. The concept I can't even wrap my head around. But yeah, I don't think I can imagine people... not not pulling the owner aside and going, "Hey, uh, I'm going to bring some shit in." <laughs> yeah, that's like you my know? mindset. I'm kind of like, listen. I don't. I just can. I just need you to give me a little space. Like I'll take care of it. Just let me put it right yeah, here. Yeah. This is a perfect little home yeah, for this. Uh, everyone this else can use Thank it. You. Everyone else can use yeah. it. No problem. Yeah, so, we're all. Good. I've known well, a few you guys. You can't all have a West Coast iron. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sh- sh- can't all yeah, have. It. It's like it's like uh, Evan at you know the uh, Super Gym, the powerhouse yep. there in in uh, in Connecticut. Um, you know, there's all that 
all, all the pieces that you know Evan like told them get this get this and then the, the the nebula leg press that's in there is actually his you know it's just kind of funny yeah he's like i would like to get this leg press so if i just buy it can we put it here and they're like sure. yeah i'm just gonna buy it and they're like yeah sure bring it in and then um i've known a couple people that have done that like i knew this guy that had a nebula leg press he still owns a gym shout out to rob in alberta by the way um but he he uh he used to take that ne that nebula leg press to the gyms that he would be training at. So like right. that Nebula leg press like bounced all around the city that he's from. It was at like a few different gyms. <laughs> so it's just funny, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then if he left the gym, like, I don't know if he, you know, different ownership or whatever, and he decided to leave, the leg press would disappear off the floor. <laughs> right. He's all, I had this when I came in here. This comes with me. It's very simple. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's um I, I'm excited talking about gyms because uh um it looks like Mutant on a Mission is gonna start again for me. Um nice. so they're talking about doing a couple of Canadian spots, um coming up here, maybe booking some September flights. Um Ooh. so we'll see, you know. So we're gonna we're gonna figure that out. Um so I'm I'm excited. Absolutely. Well, I'm gonna have to find a, a a gym here that you can need to go to, just so I have an excuse to train with you at a gym. Yeah. With yeah, no, that as would be as possible. That would be a great idea. Um, did you? How's the body have feeling? You been to, no, have you been to um, to Boston yet to to train with Jose or no? Have I been to where? To Boston, where where Jose's at to hit one of those gyms. No. Uh, so Boston's one of the. So Boston's one of my top American cities that I've never been to that I want to find an excuse to go to. Well, he's got some great gyms there, man. You got to get, I'm, yeah. I'm going to connect you guys because I know that the gym that he goes to, and I can't think of the names. So I don't want to be incorrect on where it's at, but I know they're down and they back Jose for pretty much anything. So that would be a great spot for you. Yeah. I was, so I remember talking to Jose about that and then he was going to open a gym at one point, but then COVID hit and I hadn't talked to him since then. So I didn't like, you know, because I was like, oh, I'll just do his gym when he opens it. But uh, I don't know what's going on with that because I haven't talked to him again about gyms. So we've we have discussed me going out there to, to see him. So yeah, figure something out. Great. Yeah, yeah, we have we pressed that along. I mean, you know, since I have to have a say in, in something because I want to watch the episode, you and Jose would be fantastic. <laughs> He's not tied Guys, up. Everything uh, that I do. Everything I do is driven by something I want to see. So I'm like, oh, we need to do this. Right, right. Did So I got a bunch of great Instagram questions. Um, I don't know if you want to pepper them throughout the episode or you want to hit them early or what you want to do. I think we should do a little of both because I actually have that. Then we've got some great topics, um, obviously. Well, let's do – what do you got the topics? We, got, we, we just had a show. Okay, so let's, uh, let's discuss the show. Yes, the – the, I mean, particularly, obviously, the the men's open is the uh, is the is the is the big shock. I shouldn't say shock, but the the big uh, hit of the weekend. Um, obviously, going into the show, uh, the assumption was that this would be the the Ruly Winkler show, and then uh, it would be interesting to see who ended up getting second place. Um, but uh, man, talk about talk about seeing. Uh, I, I think we're starting to see a changing of the guard. You know, the, so I got a good question about who do you see as the the real solid next generation, uh, you know, top five at the Olympia. 
And, um, right. you know, like we had the old guard and then we had another, another, another crew come through and, and now who's the next one. And I think this, this show was a really good example of where, where things are headed. Yeah, for sure. In pro bodybuilding. Um, the, you know, Hunter, obviously, um, how much did he weigh? Cause so that's the biggest I've ever seen him. You know, I don't think he ever said what he weighed. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't care. It, is, it doesn't matter, but I'm just interested because the illusion. He looks huge. Looks right. really good. Yeah, he he was he was blown away. I mean, what I loved seeing was obviously he came in phenomenal. I do have one complaint that I have to say out loud just because it bothers me. Um, I don't like seeing edited photos be everything that these guys have access to from the photographers now. Um, so when you see these pictures that they're posting, they're edited. They didn't edit them, but the photographers are doing it now on their own. Um, and I don't know if you've ever shot with someone who did that. Like uh, anytime you've ever seen pictures of me shot with like Pav, um, when he takes the picture, if you're watching the big screen, the picture pops and then it alters just a hair the way he has it set. So every picture is slightly altered immediately. The photographers are shooting the pro shows this way now. Um, and I don't love it because it's not an accurate depiction of what's happening. Now, the guys are in phenomenal shape, but it's like one of those things where I'm kind of like, here we go again. We're taking what's already phenomenal and we have to up the ante because real life's not good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, uh, I do know what you mean. So everyone loves the dramatic photos. I get it. I get the concept of art. I love the pictures. Like if you go to Doherty's gym, uh, the Brunswick mm -hmm. location in Australia, you'll yeah. you'll see all the uh, the awesome uh, pictures on the wall there, and they're they've got a very artsy, you know, uh, look to them. And uh, it's I, it's I'm trying to remember that that um, that photographer's name. I think it's Charles. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I can't. I don't know his last name, but I know exactly. He's, He's the Australian awesome. guy. Yeah. Yeah, I just haven't seen his Instagram come through my feed for a while, but it, it always used to. Um, mm -hmm. He's uh, he, he's amazing, and you know his stuff has that that you know he's got those pictures of Phil and stuff walking out on stage and some like really crazy stuff on the wall there, and I love it. And I know that it's like art; it's not like yeah. a document a, a documentary photo of the stage that morning. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I think that. I mean, uh, maybe there's a, a, a room for, a, you know, a, an Instagram account that is just like raw front row pictures, you know, with nothing done to them, you know, and they just say, these are the ones, like these are the stage picks and everyone else yeah. can, you know, share the, the great picks. These are just the ones with nothing on them, fucking nothing, you know, because I, yeah. I know that the purist in me doesn't want to see, you know, photos that have obviously been improved all the time i want also like okay cool that's awesome make a poster hang it mm -hmm. up but then i want to see like they're just the real photo like what what does glutes actually look like yeah because well because everything is heightened i mean and again <clears throat> i don't want a tangent because the, the athletes were phenomenal and i think that is what makes my thought process what it is it's like these guys don't need help like they look nuts. And I think what sucks is 
the only pictures available for them to use are edited. So what's happening, like, I already knew, but then it was really driven home when I saw video because the video is the live and I'm like, okay, see the difference? Like, it's almost like we've taken it to too perfect. Oh, the lighting's not perfect? Don't worry. We'll fix that with a camera. (laughs) Right, right. You know, which then I guess that... That that can then skew, you know, what people at home think who should have won the show versus, you know, what the judges actually just saw sitting at the stage. Yeah. It's definitely different. And again, I mean, it doesn't, in, in my opinion, like with what the show, everyone looked phenomenal, but it's, it's common. Like I'm even seeing guys, I mean, you know, I see pictures from the same show. And I mean, let's, for those of you who don't know, the photographers have a section that they sit in. They're all sitting right next to each other. So, so, so the guy, the sorry, I have to interrupt. The same. I just, I just want to interrupt like this photo here. It's Charles Lewithin. Yes. But that like that kind of legendary photo. Yeah. That was him that yeah. took that. So I just wanted to get his name right. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, I mean, what, what I don't, I think the issue is, is so of course, now if I'm a competitor um, and I see the regular pictures and the ones that are more enhanced, I'm resharing the enhanced ones because they look crazy. So it's like, you know, and I'm proud of my look and that really is me. And no, no one, you know, we, we didn't add muscle or anything, but when you start changing the grain and the lighting and everything, you're definitely improving. Um, and it does give an, two things. It's not a real account of what happened. And number two, when guys are getting ready for these shows that are up and coming, they don't look like that. And I think that that's a thing you got to factor in. It's like, when you get peeled and you're like, man, I don't look like that on my show. It's like, number one, it's Hunter Labrada, so no, you don't. But number two, it's, right, right. it's enhanced, you know? So I don't think the best in the world need enhancing. You know, it's like baseball. They, you know, if the guy hits it 500 feet out of, the, out of the park, we don't need to make it 600. Like, it's out of the fucking park. Um, yeah. You know, so again, just, just a minor thing that I would like to see change because the guys were so good. And when I saw the video, I was even more impressed because I'm like, okay, this is unaltered and they're just yeah. that fucking good. I mean, the top was five was show. nuts. Um, yeah. But I do like seeing like we, like we touched on the changing of the guard. Like I'm starting to look and I'm like, man, Ian, Brett, um, you know, Hunter, like the list goes on and on James where it's kind of like, I think you're going to see the guys who were always in the mix that were like the guaranteed top fivers start, start getting bumped out. You know what I mean? I mean, seeing Ruley land in fifth was like, I mean, even for me, I was like, all right, well, I mean, no one's beating him if he comes in on. Um, Right. And he would have, he would have had his hands full at his best. Uh, He wasn't at his best, but at his very, very best, I I can't say for sure he would have beaten them. I mean, you know, you're looking at them and just saying, damn, (laughs) like, you know, particularly Brett and Hunter were just uh, phenomenal. I, my, my selfish, um, fan would have loved to see Ian in, in that show just because Ian has also improved drastically since last year. Just to so be an Olympia preview. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't wait to see cause Hunter and Ian are kind of like the, like, you know, they root for each other, but they're definitely back and forth. So I'm looking forward to seeing who improved the most come the Olympia. Yeah. I, um, I think that was, uh, I think it, Max Charles was at his very best at this show. Without question. And I love Max's. I don't, in my opinion, his physique is un is underrated. Um, 
and he actually mentioned, I don't know, I think we talked about this in the past. I asked him, I said, what the hell do you have to do to, to do better? Because I kind of feel like he gets missed. And he literally, without breaking speed, said, I have to be bigger. Right. And he was that. <laughs> he was, look at his legs. Remember, that's the body part that he needs to bring up. You know, Scott already tossed it up on the screen. It's like, well, he don't need to be bigger than legs than that. <laughs> like, his his, uh, his adductors are touching down to his kneecap. <laughs> I love how Scott threw that up. Yeah, I know. He just looks great. I um I just liked seeing a great show where everybody was in good shape in that top group. And also, how the fuck, how does get Keon guy in the 212? <laughs> or, 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 sorry, was it classic or 212? I don't even remember. I was so blown away. 212. <laughs> you were so you were so thrown off by by how good he is. It didn't matter. You're like whatever. <laughs> yeah, he he just fucking He's, he's not human. <laughs> yeah. He, he is definitely not human. I mean, I love I love his look and he's yeah, kind of made his right decisions now. on how to do it. You know what I mean? Well, um, didn't he get criticized cuz he didn't do the Olympia? Remember everyone's like yeah. Oh, he didn't do the Olympia. And he's like, oh, I just want to rest my body and my mind. I got other stuff I got to do. I'll be back. And then here he is. First show back wins qualify. <laughs> so I love the nice, fact, dude. you know what I mean? And, and maybe that's a lesson too, because, you know, we talked about this, this thing that bodybuilders have. A lot of the newer people feel like uh, they have to do every show and they're competing all the mm -hmm. time and no time for improvement and not taking an off season. And, um, and uh, I, I sometimes feel like it's a bit of a panicky um, thing. Like they're, 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 they're panicked about having to do an entire prep again. So they just want right. to stay in shape for the next show. Do you know what I mean? And because the concept of like going to off season and then having to turn the ship and like get back into prep mode is, is it's like, you know, some people it's a huge deal. And uh, I think that some people are trying to avoid that by constantly dieting. But this is a this is a good example of people like, oh, this guy had confidence that he could take the break and it would do his body good. And he, you know, just because he qualified doesn't mean he has to go, and he'll be back when he's ready. And boom. Well, I think I think you also factor in what some people don't think of is <clears throat> you have a plan. He said to himself, for whatever reason, and maybe he needed a break. Maybe he said, I don't want to go until I think I can win, and I'm not there yet. I don't know what his reasoning was, but the bottom line is, is I would never want to start a prep that I wasn't gung-ho to do. Preps are hard when you are focused and when you're excited and, and when you've, you've, your body feels great. Now, imagine entering your prep and either, you know, either already having nagging injuries or mentally not being in it and thinking you're going to bring your best. That's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah, he just looks unbelievable. I love Keon's uh, physique. Um, and, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing him at the fucking Olympia because it's, it's going to be uh, – he's going he's gonna to do very, very well at the O, you know, that guy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard not to um, get ahead of ourselves and start talking about the Olympia because you're seeing changes, you know. I mean, there, there's so many things coming. Like, I'm actually really excited to see Derek Lunsford because – He's made the switch on his prep coach, which, you know, no offense, but I, I, I thought for a long time, it's like, bro, and I'm, I'm all about sticking with your people and, and growing. But when you're consistent, when it's consistently not happening, at some point you have to say, you know what, we got to try something new. 
um, hats off for the loyalty and the respect. And then finally saying, you know what, it's time for me to try something new. And one thing I, I have said since I found out he went to Hani is I'm like, Hani's not going to miss. So you're going to see the best version possible. And now we can yeah. see how he hangs with the top guys. Cause I think dead nuts on, um, the only possible thing is that he's put on too much size to still be a two twelve and have uh, balance. But if he has any semblance of it, he, I still think he's the guy to beat, believe it or not. I just think he's he, so uh, good. <laughs> I think he, I think he's insanely good and at his very best. The, I can't yeah. remember what the most recent thing I saw of him was, but uh, it was like, Oh shit. Cause you're right. He's been like, was it two Olympias in a row? He was like kind of a, kind of a letdown both times. Wasn't that the last two Olympias? Yeah, well, for sure. And uh, could you imagine? I mean, you got to love it coming from guys like us. Like, you were a letdown. Kind of yeah. like be a letdown and be in the yeah. top five. <laughs> yeah, come in I'm, off I'm, and get, I'm, yeah. I'm one of the best player. in the entire world when I'm not when I'm not dead but, nuts on. <laughs> but everybody sees it in those, those uh, all the videos and pics from that green turf at uh, MI40. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> that's like, shit, they, they just... And I think that's, uh, I think Hani's a great guy for the job. You take a guy with that body and give him to Hani and he knows what to do. He'll, you know, yeah. so. I, I think that we'll sometimes, see. I mean, and you, you know, this as a prep coach, um, it's hard to work with people as, as crazy as it sounds, people who are very, very genetically good. You have to make sure you keep your eye on the ball because they're so good it's actually easy to slack up a little bit versus your clients who it's like, right. if you make one little error, they suck. You have to be on it on a different level. So I think that yeah, you can't it take does, it for granted. I mean, look, look at a guy like, I mean, a prime example is Rami. How many people took a crack at him and, and just couldn't get the formula right. And now that we've seen him do it, I don't, I don't doubt at all that he was doing what he was told. It's just his genetics for being, giant are one thing, but it's next for coming in dead nuts. I mean, even Chad has said that as good as he was, now they know what to do. And this year will be scary. You know, yeah. so it can be it can be difficult as much as people don't realize that, like, it can be hard to deal with someone who's genetically that good, because it also means that tiny little things change everything. You know, right? So right. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. You know, but the, you know, the other thing I wanted to touch on that, that, uh, actually, I don't know if you saw it, but James Hollingshead put up a video about, uh, the traveling issues. Um, I, I could not ignore that because for me, it's just, uh, so what it is, uh, to those who did not see it is James is discussing the fact that in other sports, world's strongest man, things like that, the federations are going through and, and essentially handling the, the, the paperwork that needs to be done to get their professional athletes to the world's strongest man to compete whatever country they're coming from and whatever country they're going to so essentially they're just sending the paperwork to the athletes and saying fill this out you're going to be good to go um whereas in the ifbb these guys are all on their own essentially i mean i, I know there was some help given here and there like with rami and stuff but no one's handing them the paperwork um, in fact, I saw, and I don't, I can't, I'm not going to say where it was, but I guess Bonac last year had to go somewhere for two weeks um, to stay before coming to the U.S. to compete at the Olympia. Um, you know, he had to find that, find his way in to, to get in, spend the money, 
you're talking thousands of dollars. And yeah. if anybody that's gotten ready for a show, imagine me just saying, okay, I'm going to uproot you for two weeks, take you away from all your creature comforts of your prep, um, you know, your gym, your family, your bed, your drugs. I'm going to drop you somewhere else and then tell you to get ready for the biggest show of your life for two weeks and then get to the show. Oh, and by the way, there's going to be a financial stress. Um, yeah. You know, so James brought that up and I couldn't help but like, you know, you want to jump in because it's like, well, other sports are doing this. They are making sure their athletes can get there. I, I find it a little bit disappointing with as big as the IFBB and the MPC are. Why aren't we? I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, he's absolutely right. I mean, these people are running businesses and the businesses largely depend on the athletes being there to compete in the show. And it's right. in the it's in the IFBB's best interest to handle it. It's actually mm-hmm. bad business to not handle it. If I was right. a corporation or company and I was bringing in a guest and I I wouldn't say, "Okay, uh sort out your trip. I'll see you when you get here." I would book yeah. their fucking trip. I would handle everything. Yeah. Uh, that's what I did. At, that's what I did at Mutant with the the athletes. That's why you guys all had flights that were on time and hotels to stay at and shit handled. You know what I mean? And um, and and that that I can't imagine. Uh, you know, like look at the Olympics. How many people do you think couldn't get to the Olympics because they messed up their paperwork? Probably hardly anyone because the Olympics, all the Olympic committees from all the countries probably did it for all the athletes. Yeah, of course. They, they needed their they athletes their there, so they knew what to do. Yeah. Yeah, the athletes didn't. They probably just filled out a bit or maybe they signed some stuff and it was all taken care of. Like, you think the U.S. track and field just was like, okay, everyone go on the internet and make sure you got your shit in order. No surprises. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, see, we'll see y'all when you get there. <laughs> no, U.S. track and flight field. information. <laughs> yeah, U.S. track and field was like, we're sorting this all out for you, a thousand percent. You're going to be a separate lineup for you guys, you know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, he's totally right. And um, if if the the you know if the IFBB um, wants their business model to be its best, if they want the best product, um, then they should take interest in wanting to be involved in that process you know if it's really important you should handle it you know like well, here's and, how I, and, here's how i look at it ron is if your top six from last year's olympia all lived in different countries you could bet your sweet ass they'd be making sure to get them here yes so i th- that's the thing that i mean for me and i'm i'm i mean i am american i am there's no problem for me to get anywhere in this country it's simple um but I don't like that factor because that's the tricky thing is whether it's true or not. And I'm not saying it is, but it appears as though, well, don't worry. We have enough of the athletes here. We're good. Right. Like, right. I'm that's most, how of them it appears. most of the and, guys and, are qualified, live in the North, live in North America. So we're good to go. And, and it's almost like, and if you want to get here, you'll figure it out. But I think, You've got to treat, I mean, imagine on the flip as for me, for example, as an athlete, I make my decisions based on it being a good business move for me. Well, if I got to drop $7,000 to go stay somewhere for two weeks, and then I got my flights there, then my flights to the U.S., then my, you know, I mean, all the things that are, that I do pay for, 
if all of a sudden I've got a $15,000 expense to get ready for the Olympia and I'm hoping to make the top, you know, eight to 12, I'm like, now I got to think to myself, is this a good business move for me to spend the money? Right. Like, like, you know, yeah. if I'm at my best, I'm going to lose some money. Um, now, again, I mean, as a business, we all know that that still might be a good move because it puts you on the map, but you, you are thinking that way. Whereas if all I had to do was arrive and be at my best, that's a lot easier, you know? So I do yeah. feel like there's something missed there, but I don't blame the, um, the Olympia promoters because they're, you know, we are operating under the IFBB. We're, we're owned by them. So help me out. Yeah, it would be, it would be a, a very good idea for someone to, you know, Make sure that that there's help. And for those of you that are like, "Oh fuck, just get your just do your own paperwork." Yeah, I get it. You're responsible. You got to have your passport up to date. Everything's got to be. You got to be, you know, a responsible traveler. But I know from firsthand experience, just recently, because um, uh, Emily's actually going to Europe soon. Uh -huh. She's going to Europe on a on a, a trip with her best friend. So um, looking through, like, well, what does she need to land in London? Like. Right. What is their code? Just navigating their websites was a huge pain in the ass and finding out um, there it's, it's very confusing. And one website says this and then you're one and then another website says a different kind of test is required and you it, it's not very clear. And and it's uh, it's really kind of convoluted when you're trying to figure out and then what what and then she's going to another country after London. So she's got to look into that, figure out what's going on. And then, you know, oh, shit, I got to book a COVID test while I'm there. You know what I mean? Like that sort of yep. thing. Um, this, would e this would easily be handled uh, by uh, someone with, you know, they have lawyers that can take care of that stuff so much faster than your average person applying for shit online and waiting and, you, you know, and you well, do it on mass. Like, you're not yeah. an individual. Yeah. You're, you're part of a group and that's the big difference yeah. because it's like, no, no. No, no. James is coming here because he's a professional athlete. This is what he's yeah. doing. This is when he's going to yeah, be out of here. <clears throat> I can prove these things. Because, see, I saw somebody comment. They were like, well, don't you just have to get your visa? I'm like, and that can be a six-month process. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I just have to get my visa. But, by the way, I won't have it by then. There, there are – I mean, that's the thing people have to understand is, especially Americans – we like to think, and I, and I put myself in this, so I'm not talking shit, but we like to think that the whole world should do things the way we do them. Well, guess what? We're actually one of the biggest pain in the ass to get into. Like, you right. know, other than if you're coming from Mexico, you can walk on over and we fucking feed you and put you in a hotel. But anywhere else in the world, like, we make it difficult for honest people to come in here and do business. Um, right. So it's, it's not an easy thing. So imagine a guy's qualifying for a show you know, a couple months out, well, based on the time it could take, it could be impossible for him to get in without help. Right. You know, so it's, it's not like the athletes are just being lazy and like, oh, I don't want to do it. I want to go lift weights and eat chicken. No, it's, it's as an individual, much, much harder than a lot of people realize to make that happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and hey, hats off to Emily because I can tell you right now, I've got some things to get handled in Europe as well that I want to do, uh, and I'm not jumping through those hoops. Once things get back to normal, I'll go. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. Nah, I don't, I don't want it that bad. I'm good. <laughs> I'll be there soon enough. I'll be there soon enough. Um, yeah. Was that both topics you had?
Yeah. Is that all the topics you had? Yes, that was sir. Good. Okay, I'm gonna do some Instagram questions because I got some good ones. True Nutrition has supported our programming now for a number of years, and I'm super grateful for it because they believe in us and I believe in them. I'm sure you guys have heard of Dante Trudell. We talk about him on the shows. Uh, he had a vision of offering high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. They have a ton of different protein powders, just about every type you could think of, literally thousands of flavor combinations. Hit me up if you're interested in suggestions. They offer health supplements. I use their collagen and their fish oil. And of course, they offer performance supplements. You can get bulk EAA powder or beta alanine. You can also get finished products like the Mountain Dog Perry MD Intra Workout. If you shop with True Nutrition and you use our code THINK, you'll get some additional savings, you'll get high quality supplements, and you will support our programming. You can also help to support the shows through Patreon. I appreciate everybody who's made a contribution. You guys are helping to keep me pumping these podcasts out. I have links to everything in the description. Check them out. Let me know what you think, and let's get back to the program. Get rolling. Which bodybuilders look drastically more impressive in person compared to pitchers? Do you ever remember that? Oh, I mean, it's some of these will blow your mind. Uh, Marcus Rule is one uh, who is nuts in pictures, but even more insane in person. Um, yeah. You know, and I know you've, you knew Marcus in his prime as well. Like, yeah. I saw Marcus I saw at his at, very biggest. Yeah, I think I saw him at he 320 or 330 yeah. or something one time, and I was just like, it was unlike anything I'd ever seen because his shoulders are so wide. Yeah, so I, I saw Marcus, uh, and he um, he looked absolutely fucking enormous, and he was wearing a football mm -hmm. jersey. That old, uh, what, what company is that? Had oh, when he was jerseys. with... Um, yeah, fuck. Was it Olympic it or... I can't remember. No, wasn't it like yeah, Olymp or some of them? Yeah, I remember what you're talking yeah. about, though. I, I could see the jersey. Anyways, they had him in those football jerseys, and I was just like, holy shit. I just couldn't fucking believe it. And I remember I asked him how much he weighed, and he told me in kilos. Yeah. And I remember it was 152 kilos. And uh, I'll never forget that, because I remember I was, like, doing the math in my head. So it's 334. Yeah. And at, <laughs> yeah. like, 510. It looks like a box. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say so. What What about uh, what about like in shape, like maybe like backstage or something? Is there ever any time you saw anyone and you're like, oh wow, in person they're way more impressive? That's the thing. I mean, the the names that are coming to mind. All right, I will tell you this one, and it's not it's it's not from me. Um, so this isn't first hand knowledge, but. Um, so the, the promoter for the Arizona bodybuilding shows, um, he did the USA's uh, one year when Flex did it. And, uh, and he, said, he said, you know, they're backstage and Flex peels down and he remembers thinking to himself, what is the hype about? I can beat this guy. And then he said, as soon as Flex started pumping up, he goes, I watched him gain 30 pounds. He was like, literally he went from like, oh, I can beat him to like, who the fuck is that in like five minutes? So apparently, right. and, I, and I'm sure more people can, can vouch for this, but he literally said, he was like, man, I've never seen someone explode right in front of me just as soon as they got a little pump. He was like- I heard the same thing person. about Flex. I heard the same thing about him that he that 
Like he was like one of those guys that looked small in his tracksuit. You know what I mean? Yep. And then the tracksuit would come off. And you're like, oh, fuck. But um, one guy that stands out to me, and I remember him just blowing my mind. And I'd already seen like, you know, it was my, it was my first Olympia. You know, I'd already uh-huh. seen Dorian and everybody, but this is my first Olympia. And I kind of got like half backstage and I could see some right. of the guys pumping up. This was 2002. And okay. I re- and I remember Paco Batista. Yep. Was standing <laughs> was Paco Batista was standing right underneath a light by a velvet curtain posing and it looked like his coach like some guy from Spain was with him and uh-huh. he was po- running through his poses. And I remember thinking like, you know, cuz I'd seen Paco in the magazines and I'd seen, you know, that he, you know, he'd done like some of the other pro shows and shit. So I'd seen video clips of them and stuff. And I just thought, oh, this guy's got an ugly physique. Yeah. You know, like he's kind of blocky and, and whatever. He's, you know, freaky yeah. arms and legs, whatever. But then when I saw him in person, I, I just was just like dumbfounded and just st- stood there with my mouth open. He was just so nuts. And uh, um, he was the freakiest guy in the show. And Ronnie won that show. But Paco yeah. was like, Paco was like the like nastiest guy there. Yeah, he looked fucking crazy. Yeah, I, I, I think love he got that, like though, out of the top ten. <laughs> yeah, no, he did for sure. But that's the thing is that, like that I think is cool is that that a lot of people don't realize is you can't be and no, you're wrong. There's a genetic component to that as well. But take a guy like him that can never be a flex wheeler or Ronnie Coleman, but he says, "Well, this is what I am, and I'm going to take what I am as far as possible." It's that, and yeah. I don't know who's who the quote is, but I love that quote of uh, "play the hand you were dealt as if it was the one you wanted." Um, right, and I fucking love that because that is life, and that is bodybuilding. Like, we don't get to decide the hand we're dealt, but if you play it to your best, and I mean, tell Ron, I mean, you, you, myself, a lot of people, I've beaten a lot of guys that should never beat me, or I should never beat, I should say. Um, right. Because I played my hand so well and, and they had to be off. Don't get me wrong at their best. I wouldn't win, but that's the fun is, is a guy like him. And, and like you said, I mean, how many people that met him were like blown away? I mean, when you met Ronnie, you expect it. It's like, well, you're the best. Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. course you look like this. You hear, like you said, you were like, eh, he's blah. And then you see him and you're like, holy shit. And you're, you're an experienced eye. I think that's one thing that I, when, when you talk about bodybuilding, even me, I understand that your knowledge of the sport is, is as high as anyone's, really. So I know I'm like, okay, that was nuts. <laughs> yeah, he had the thickest adductors and glutes and hams and quad. Like, he's got those funny-shaped quads, kind of. But they're, yeah, but they're just wacky. so, like, the leg from the side, like, just the, like the size of a horse's hip, you know? Just fucking yep. that crazy, the ham laying right on the calf, like just laying on it when he did the right. side chest, like inches of contact. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Not just touching, but like just mashed and squishing. <laughs> and I just was Hung just over. Like, yeah, like just those things that you just don't translate into pictures. And even sometimes video footage, like you have to see the, you have to be there, you know? Seeing it from different what? angles, you you know, when you look at it from the angle of the pose, you don't necessarily see those little freaky details that the bodybuilder thinks is like crazy, you know, because they're not part of the pose. 
But, you yeah. know, you look from the behind a side chest and you see his adductor getting pushed out over top the other leg and it's like drooping and you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah. Paco it's funny that you said that though, because it reminds me, uh, and everyone's heard this, but um, as far as being in person, but I remember talking to Chris and you and I, I've told you about this before. And I was like, man, I, I really thought that Nasser won the 97 Olympia. And Chris literally looked at me and goes, you weren't there. You weren't there. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, oh, really? No. And, he, and he told me, he said, he said, I was, I was at the Olympias when Dorian was winning and no one was ever close. Never. Like, yeah. so, you know, when you, especially the old ones, now the pictures and forget about what I was talking about earlier, but the true pictures are clear and the video is clear. What you could see in the videos and pictures back then wasn't. And he was like, you don't understand. Like in person, it was never close. So yeah. it's funny to hear that, like you said, when you see something in person versus Paco that you've seen a million times, it's it's a different ball game. So yeah, <laughs> off. Okay, I got a I got a fun one. Shoot! If you had if you had to have an epic portrait painted of yourself, what mythical beast would you be riding? <laughs> oh God. Well, see, I would, okay, so this is, I guess this is par for the course for me because I don't take myself seriously. Um, God, what was it called? Now I got to remember the name, shit. There is a cheesy movie in the 80s where the kid rides like this dragon thing. Um, the never-ending story? Like, yes, I would ride him. <laughs> he was like the dragon with the the beard, didn't he? he was like having like, yes. like a wise old dragon. Like, I can't. And remember. he was like super nice, yeah, like like the most basic super cheesy nice. thing. That would be me. I'd be like, I'm not picking some freaky thing. I'm getting this nice guiding. You want dragon a nice a nice us. dragon, a nice I want dragon, a dragon knows that, who, that guides me yeah. to stop fucking up. <laughs> yeah, with some good advice, a wise dragon with good advice. <laughs> I, I get that. I get that's that's a good one. I like that. I, I was I was gonna say uh, um, y'all would ride like a giant eagle or something, but right. I, I guess you know I was I, it's got to fly. I think there's no no sense in riding a mythical beast that is uh, restricted to ground movement only. You know, like you're not gonna ride oh, a centaur. No, you're not gonna ride like a minotaur or whatever. You know what I mean? You're not gonna ride any sort of like you know, unicorn beast or anything like that. You know, you want to have, you want to be able to get airborne, especially because mythical beasts sort of make me feel like there's also people shooting arrows at me at some point, And I might need to get that out of there. Point. You need to get up for sure. That makes is, sense to me. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I would, I would, I would fly on, you know, some sort of bird. I'm just trying to think of maybe a, a, an exact one from a movie. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I definitely like your your assumption that because you're on a mythical beast, there will be arrows shot at you. <laughs> or 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 I put a basket on my BMX bike and I put ET in the basket, and oh, he could well. make my BMX fly. Does that count as a mythical um, beast? It's kind of pushing it. it. I'm, I'm kind of pushing, but, but it, it puts you on your bike, so you're at home. I get that. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely, okay. I definitely understand that. That makes sense to me. Uh, da, da, da. Okay. Um, if here's a here's another one. Very important. If you're oh, training, I love the important ones. 
If you're training yes. and you need to pee, do you wash your hands and then pee? Or do you just wash your hands after you pee? So do you wash your hands twice or do you just wash them after? So I think that's a great question. Um, but here's the key. I, I only wash afterwards. Um, and it's okay if, if a little fella is dirty because he's getting washed later. I'm not handling him and then touching my face or anything. So I'm not really concerned. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, here's I, the funny thing. Like, you, you know this is true, but you have to laugh about it because – it sounds very sensible, like, well, you're going to go touch your shit. And then, cool, well, do you pick up your – do you wash your phone when you're done training? You've been touching the gym and touching your phone the whole damn day. Right, right, exactly. People, people don't understand that bacteria is absolutely everywhere, and they get uh, really fussy about certain things, and they completely forget other things. So, like, there was this woman. Mm -hmm. I don't mean that in that, you know – it matters to the story that she was a woman, but she was a woman and she uh, was complaining about something to do with wiping equipment. Right. And then I realized she's one of those people that puts her phone on the ground. And if you, I'm sorry, if you put your phone on the ground, nothing else matters. Literally. Yeah. No, I, nothing it's funny matters. Don't even care about equipment handles. Don't worry about dumbbells. If you touch your phone and you put it on the ground, then there is nothing that you should be worried about. It's Your germs are everywhere. You're putting them all over. Every, it, it, you know what I mean? Because the phone is oh, the totally. worst thing. So, um, But to answer the question, uh, sometimes I wash my hands before I take a piss. If I'm like, I don't know, if I feel like there's chalk over my hands or something, I might do that. Right. Um, but, uh, I'm also using sometimes, sorry, you don't feel like you might need extra grip and that chalk could come of uh, handy while you're could come things? in handy, could come in handy. Um, but, uh, and then also too, I'm also a hand, I'm, I am a hand sandy guy. So like I, I use hand sandy oh, yeah, me a too. couple times and, and what I do is I, I squirt hand sandy on my hand and then I rub my phone like this in my hands. Right. And then it's clean. But so since I use hand sanity, I don't feel the need to like frantically wash my hands if I take a piss. But I definitely wash after. You know what's funny is I actually, and this this is for a different reason, but uh, I wash my hands uh, after. But I actually like to put on the hand sanitizer also after I'm done washing because my hands always feel like too smooth when I'm done washing them and I need to go touch the bar and be gripping. And the hand sanitizer right. feels like it dries them out because of the alcohol. So I always put a little bit of that on real quick too. And like, all right, let's dry these fuckers out. We got work to do here. It's like poor, poor man's chalk. If I somebody guess rich saw man's me, chalk. They, if somebody saw me, they would think that I was uber clean. It's like, no, 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 it's not that. I'm a pig. Oh, like I you wanted my, some on my the hands. Bar. Yeah, like, like or, or that I wanted to make sure my hands were really clean. I didn't trust the soap alone <laughs> to do the job. Oh, this is a good one. Um, if you... I want to read it the way it was written. If you was a ghost, what celebrity would you haunt? If I was a ghost? You're a ghost. You got to haunt a celebrity? celebrity. Yes. Hugh Hefner. <laughs> and just like that, I don't even want to answer anymore because you had the best answer. I'm done. Because <laughs> you get to live in that house. Yeah. I know the Playboy Man. I know the Playboy Mansions. The Playboy Mansion is a little bit like Gold's Venice. It's way past its prime. The party right. isn't really there anymore. Yeah. But 
I'm sure there's still a plethora of interesting visitors and things to see. And uh, sometimes visiting, sometimes visiting afterwards when history's already been made is also an interesting like point of view. So you know, if I was going to haunt Hugh Hefner, and the gig's probably not that that much of a commitment because he's already super old. So you haunt him, and he's probably going to die in, in pre- pretty soon, and then you could move on to someone else. You know, it's not like you're locking in. Like if you want to, like you know, haunt, you, you know, some hot young Hollywood chick, she might live for another, you know, sixty you're years. Stuck with her. You're stuck and you're with bored. her. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. Like you know. Now, imagine this. You know. You know. We talk about how gyms have an energy based on what has happened in them. Imagine the energy of the Playboy Mansion. Like, yeah, I wonder. Room, I wonder. Do, do you wash your hands just by being in the room? <laughs> I, I, or is it like the cleanest place there is? Maybe there's people just walking around, just dusting constantly, wiping and dusting. Well, there would have clean. to be. Yeah, I mean, God only knows he what's in there. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I just love that that you got that answer so quickly. It's not like I preempt you with this question so you could be loaded. That's just how disturbing Ron's brain is. He was like, "Boom, answer done." I feel like you did yeah. a walk-off home run just now. Like you, you know, when Barry Bonds used to hit the ball, and he would just like slowly walk because he already knew it was done. That was you when right. you answered that question. I just like Hugh Hefner <laughs> dropped the bat, casual walk. You, you, you trotted to first base and, and rounded the plates. <laughs> and then the first baseman gave me a gave me a bro bro tap. I was gonna um, I was I was gonna say Biden, but I fear that someone is already doing it based on what I see. So. <laughs> On to the next. <laughs> what is happening in your country? And I wanted to say this from Canada. It just seems funny. It seems like a, like a, I don't know. Can I say something without any political affiliation whatsoever? Absolutely. In my I, world. I, I hate Kamala. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I'm not a Republican. I'm not a damn. I'm not American. I don't give a shit. I just, I, she just strikes me as the least genuine human being that could possibly open her mouth. And I just, there's nothing. And like, I, I'm not affiliated. So I'll give everyone a chance. I'm like, let me hear what you have to say. I'm like, Oh, you're a complete fucking waste. I hate you. Yeah. She's a piece of shit. Um, you know, you know, how dogs okay. can, you know how dogs can sense shithead people. Um, dogs don't like, yeah, her, for sure. Dogs wouldn't sure. even like her. No, <laughs> Donna. Would I think everyone. Like, I think everyone on that side knows it. I think they. Everyone on that side knows it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I, I don't think that anyone's defending her anytime soon. No, and I have <laughs> friends that are. I have. I have friends that are actual. They're like, I'm a Democrat. You know, like they're registered or whatever. Yeah. And they don't like her. They're like, I hate yeah. Kamala. I can't believe that we went with her, but she's here. So, yeah, they don't like her. So it's not like I'm biased or anything. Um, I got a good one here. Shoot. What is a topic you and Dusty strongly disagree on? Man. I, I'm trying to think of like things that have come up that we've disagreed on. I can't. I mean, I can't the, the only thing that many. I can hear, the only, the only thing I can think of, and I hate to use the word strongly, but, uh, but, but I don't like sci-fi at all. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. You're not a sci-fi guy at all. So I mean, that's about as good as I can. Strong disagreement. Like, I, I can't imagine. 
I don't think I could appreciate because I don't like sci-fi all of the greatness that are in, you know, some of the series that are the best, most well-known in the entire planet ever. Um, but I mean, I, I hardly call that a disagreement. <laughs> I'm trying mm -hmm. to think. I, I think, um, you know, the problem with you and I, Ron, is, is neither of us uh, speak in absolutes either, uh, overall. So, so that that's something that um, I find... Um, you know what? I'm going through YouTube and I'm, flick, you know, I do, I flick through political stuff. Like I, I'm trying to see, you know, what's a good show. Is this worth getting, you know, these guys have a fair perspective of what's going on. How biased is this? And I found a few channels that I, I like to check out for kind of the, what's going mm -hmm. on in the world and what's the latest. And I find that the people that I tend to gravitate towards are mm -hmm. people who don't speak in absolutes. They're right. calm and they listen to the full argument coming from the person before they, they don't freak out about things. They're very patient. Um, they're like, hmm, interesting. I really have a hard time with that and I disagree, but we could discuss that. You know, they're that type, right. of, they're that type of person. They're just rational and calm and, and not speaking in absolutes. Uh, I, I am re re repelled by people who make claims of all sorts. Um, right. You know, like I'm, when people start making claims that they know things or have solutions, I'm like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, who are you? What? What? Let, let me. You know, like right. seriously, like, let's see what you've done. Like, are you even supposed to be speaking on this subject? Do you have any real expertise? I'm one of those people, yeah. and I find that you're sort of similar. So it makes it uh, it makes it rare that we would have like you know a yelling match at the table over a steak. <laughs> Careful, steaks are dangerous. Um, <laughs> I got to really. Did you just say? Did now. you just say Trump's tweet was funny? I can't believe you would think Trump's tweet was funny. It, it is accurate though, because that is the. I do find my and you and I. That's the problem is we. It's not that we don't have differing views on things here and there, but what it, I have, I've had things where, um, like you said, I can be educated by someone who sees something different than me. And there yeah. are points where I have, and I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I was trying to think of something where, uh, well, here, here's one. Um, I'm a huge believer in progression, um, progressive overload, obviously. But the reason for that is, is I typically deal with athletes who are in the infancy stages, and that is all they need for change. All they right. need to change is to get progressively stronger at the basic things. But I can listen to John Meadows tell me all I need to do is see change in the gym and I can change it, train a different way every single day. And I'm like, yes, you can. And that right. absolutely works and it absolutely is a functional thing. But if someone were to say to me, okay, now that you've admitted that, would you give that to a, you know, a, a novice lifter? And I'd say absolutely not. They're not experienced right. enough to know how to push and to do things. So it's not the time. I actually... I'm waiting because I have some athletes that have asked me for change training programs. And I'm like, you don't need it. You need to get stronger. And I'm now waiting for them after our last episode with John and with me agreeing with him for them to call me and be like, but you said I, I didn't need right. change. And then you just said with John, I was like, that you don't. <laughs> so the, the, big, the big thing there is the context. And yes. I think that one of the things that generally has – polluted our discourse 
and our society in general has been the the uh, trend to ignore context. Right. And when you ignore context in any situation, it can be disastrous because context can be everything. Yeah. And, um, what, you know, when people start saying, oh, he said a word, so therefore he needs to lose his job. Yeah. And it's like, well, did, did you hear the context of why the word was said? Was he explaining the word to somebody? Was he, they were, was it, you know, like who was involved in the conversation? Were they okay with how, how, what he said was presented? If no one in the room had a problem with the conversation, why should that guy lose his job over how the words look on a printout? It's like, right. Can you imagine taking fucking Dave Chappelle's stand-up, printing it out word for word, and then just having some lady read it? Oh God, yeah. That's How a, funny that's would a that perfect be? example. Yeah, it, it's 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 not comedy. It's exactly what Dave said, but it's not fucking comedy, and that's what yeah. context is. And and so when we're talking about anything, whether it be training programs or nutrition or drugs or politics or what was what came out of someone's mouth or what someone did in 1989, yeah. um, we have to we have to look at the context. And I mean, sometimes you look at the context and it's even worse. <laughs> right. Yeah, Very, very true. And that's and tone right. and things like that. You know, I've told athletes, I just had a guy last night. I work with a lot of athletes who are, you know, middle-aged men, you know, they, they've, they've right. lived, they've earned respect and sometimes they do stupid ass shit um, from a bodybuilding standpoint. And I will literally say to them in text, cause I hate when you can't read tone. I'm saying, Hey, I'm not disrespecting you. I'm not talking down to you, but let me explain this to you since, and I'll literally say, cause you can't hear my tone. And when you read this, it might sound like I'm coming at you and then lay down the point of, you know, if you, if you're cheating three days a week, what the fuck are you doing? Um, right. but just because, you know what I'm saying? If I just type that up the way I would say it to your face with a smirk or with a, you know what I mean? With tones, it's like, Okay, the guy might read it and be like, who the fuck are you? I'm a 47-year-old man. I'm not about to be told that. You know what I'm saying? So, like right. you said, context, tone, things like that matter. So, But uh, it is an interesting thing because you're, you're right. Like I've, I've, I literally, like, I will have this week, someone will reach out to me and be like, hey, you said I didn't need to do all these other exercises. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to explain. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, okay. good, good stuff, man. All right, let me get back to this list here. Here, um, don't care, don't care. I'm still holding all my crypto. You crazy? Um, <clears throat> ooh, this is important. See, I love when I get these people that understand what we need to know. This is easy okay. for me, but here we go. Fuck, Mary, kill, weed, oh, shrooms, alcohol. Oh, kill alcohol. I don't need it Makes at all. Done. Don't care. Um, I would marry weed. And and I guess shrooms shrooms would be the fuck. Yeah. Yep. Even though it's been, you know, a long time. <laughs> yeah. We're going long times in between. You know, it's funny though. Yeah. And, and I, We're not killing them. We're not killing them. We just, yeah. 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 Well, because yeah, for that's, me, that's an easy one. Low-dose shrooms, like microdosing, you don't notice. I mean... Um, as far as you don't feel it, whereas if you were to smoke weed every night, like even though you've got a, uh, even though you have a tolerance, you definitely get an effect from it every single time. And I would not want to be taking three grams of shrooms every day. 
just right. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good on doing that. You know, you know, basically like most uh, sex lives. You know, once a month. Um, <laughs> and I'm with you. Like alcohol, I could. Yeah, I mean, and I drink wine, but it's like literally to give you an idea with with the move and everything. Um, I gave my mom like 20 bottles because I didn't want to deal with tra- having them shipped. And I haven't had it in weeks, and I'm fine. I don't care. It's fine. No big deal. <clears throat> I, I just I just was never a drinker. I never had um, I, I drank it when I was young, before it was legal, and I didn't care after that. So I got a good one that we kind of touched on for a second there. Um, since Gold's Venice era is over, because I think we can all admit that the Gold's Gym Venice era is over, and I think that I think that COVID was the the like the the, the nail, the, the hammer drop. Yeah. yeah, COVID was like done because when COVID hit, you know, you know, even like Brad Rowe left, you know, like like every, yeah. you know, he was one of like the reliable pros hanging around. Dexter, you know, all the guys, like you know, it's just what do you do? So it said uh, since the Gold's Venice era is over. Where is the current bodybuilding hotspot? See, I think this is where it gets tricky because there's lots of them. I mean, and there really well, are. Number one, I, I hate the word Mecca. If we could stop using that now, that'd be great. Um, you know, because it's like everyone's got a Mecca. Like, you know, my house is the Mecca of, of this point, and I just pick a really small Butt point sex. to make it the best one. <laughs> but, um, like, off the top of my head, I mean – if we're talking about North America, um, I would have to say uh, Steve's gym. You know, Weinberger's gym I, would yeah. have to be my spot. Um, but again, I say that based on, and this is oftentimes the case with the gym, unlike Gold's Venice, is the owner. You know, yeah. I mean, everyone wants to go there. And if I went to Steve's gym, I'd want him to destroy me on my posing and tell me I suck. I would still want to do it. Um, you know, I would love to train in there just because I have the utmost respect for him and the fact that he built a gym uh, that that caters to athletes of all types. But uh, but bodybuilding was definitely one of the giant focuses when he built that place. Um, but again, that's if I had to name one, because literally as I'm saying, I'm thinking armbrust in Colorado, I'm thinking, you know what I mean? Like the list goes on and on and on. I mean, Flex yeah. just opened his gym and I've trained there and it's in its infancy. But I mean, hell, half of California moved to Vegas and are training there. Yeah, it's uh, so um, my answer is that uh, there won't ever be another Gold's Venice. Um, mm. You know, so what that was, was that was that was the result of bodybuilding being a tiny little cult sport or not even sport tiny little cult activity that uh in the 70s happened to have an epicenter there you know because of like leader and everybody um so well, to be known you, you know, had that, to go there yeah that was just part of the infancy of bodybuilding and and you know the roots got really strong and the tree got really big and so it stood for a while even though they didn't need to like gold's venice wasn't required anymore right. after the 90s but it was still because it still had all the you know the roots and everything so but um you know there were good gyms everywhere 
you know, there was places because there was a, actually a point in time when like, like if you were a bodybuilder, like you had to, like there were no other bodybuilders, right? But now there's bodybuilders yeah. everywhere and there's good gyms everywhere. And every now, now like the real gyms are making a comeback, you know, there's all gyms opening up, you know, where they're not using the word fitness and they're, you know, it's their uh-huh. gym or their, you know, whatever, you know, Iron Asylum or, you know, like the, there's all these like cool places popping up where people can go train and they're, they're welcome to train hard. So I don't think Gold's Venice, you know, now there's oh. an, you know, hundreds of millions of people that are living a bodybuilding lifestyle, eating prepped meals and doing, you know, workouts and wearing Fitbits and the whole thing. And I, I don't think that there'll ever be another Gold's Venice because it's not required. You can do this anywhere in the world now. And there's good facilities everywhere in the world now. And there's, you know, a gym with a great leg room pretty much everywhere in the world now you can go train legs at, you know, like that sort of thing. So, um, it's the end of an era and like the end of a model. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think team. that they got, a, I, I think the guys who own uh, Gold's Venice, they're getting away from it for the same reason that we're sad to see them get rid of it is they need yeah. to adapt. I think the business model, Harvey, Harvey, are you serious? Harvey's in the show today. Yeah. Fish, you guys are That's okay. It happens. And it and happens. and to, uh, to 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 match up what you said, if I had to pick, like, well, where's the mecca now? I mean, Steve Jim for the last while has been to me more of a centerpiece than Gold's Venice. So um oh, for sure. I've considered Steve's like, you know, because of Steve. Like and then you mentioned Armbrist Jam and there's there's a bunch of great places that are um still holding up the um, you know, the 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 focus of what they what they were during the gold's venice era but now things you know there's a lot be a lot more places you could train anywhere um, obviously there's going to be these gyms that have more of an atmosphere and that's usually because of the owner right like people go to armbrust because of dylan like they're like oh i'm gonna go to his gym i know that he gives a shit you know and oh for sure and same with steve and you know same with same with all the good gyms so yeah i just like to see I just like to see corporate, big corporate clubs, um, lose members. Annihilations. No, so do I. And that's, but you, you know, what's funny is you nailed it. Is uh, Lance that owns uh, Muscle Factory in, in Tempe, where I train. He was looking at another gym, and I told him, "Don't you dare!" I was like, like, like right. he was going to buy another facility, and I was like, "No, no, no, no! This gym can't. It will not be this gym if you are not here every day." Like. He really right, over right. he overcredited us for his for the gym, and I'm like, "Well, this is you. Like, you're here all the time. You've you've created this thing, and no one will replace you. I mean, if you weren't at the gym all the time, I promise you, even though the equipment and everything would be what you have now, your gym would not be what it is. You know, I mean, it's there's a good chance if I go to your gym four days this week, I'm going to see you three of them. Yeah." You know, yeah, the, higher odds, the, the, the higher odds that I'll see it. you than I don't see you. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's what all the great gyms have with the best owners. You know, is they're there, they've got their, their, their finger on the pulse. So, plus I think the big thing you also realize when you start traveling, it was a real eye-opener to me to train in Temple Gym the first time and realize that the best bodybuilder in the world trained in a gym the size of my living room. Yeah. Yeah, that was, was a, like, that was that was this is it. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of uh, little things that gave that gym character. 
you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Something about passing garbage cans overfilling with trash and hearing people's death screams from a basement was just gave me the warm fuzzies. I like the heroin balloons in the alley. <laughs> I actually had to be guided to that gym. You know that the very first time I went, I was walking and like looking in Birmingham and then uh, literally someone saw me that knew me and they were like, Dusty, are you looking for Temple? I'm like, yes. And they just walked me directly to it's it. It's funny. Down it the it back even had alley, behind the building. <laughs> and yeah, that alley, that Temple Street alley was even mm-hmm. cobblestone. Yeah, like cobblestone, which means that street was built like in the 1800s, the 1800s. Yep. or 1700s. Like, fuck, you know, it's just funny. Yeah, it had yeah. it had a it had it had a it had a scent. That was that was sad. You know, what's crazy, too, is since they reopened in the new location, I never cared to go. So here's here's another question. Shoot. What do you what do you miss the most about being a kid? Uh, I miss, okay, this is going to be funny, but I, I miss not even processing that there could be consequences to anything I did. <laughs> like when I was a kid, I didn't think about anything, like whether, whether we're talking about accidents, getting hurt, getting arrested, like there were no, and, and, and the sad thing for me, sorry to disappoint my mother, but that, that went up until I was about 17. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, right. consequences just didn't really register in my mind for a very long time. And, and you reach a point as an adult, it's funny, but I mean, I know you've been there where I've had someone mm. like say something that I'm like, if I punch you in the face, this could cost me thousands and thousands of dollars. I'd yeah. really like to punch you, but not as much as I like my money. <laughs> Yeah, the new me, the new me is a property owner. And that exactly. Means that, that means that I'm worth suing. So let's not exactly. do that. Let's see. Yeah. With a simple I, Google search, someone can realize roughly where you're at in the game and decide if yeah. you're worth suing if you punch them in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I, uh, I think that what I miss the most about being a kid is like video game marathons with a friend where you just mm-hmm. you ate whatever like i miss not knowing what macros were and what <laughs> carbs were like you know back like so early that just it would just didn't matter i could eat infinite amounts of ice cream and fruit roll-ups and play sega genesis for like 12 hours straight and there was no feeling of like wow i'm such a loser um you know uh what well, i should be doing something with fruit. my life Sorry? <laughs> I said, isn't fruit roll-ups healthy? I mean, it's got fruit. It says right in the yeah, name. Yeah, it's got fruit, right? It's, it's, it's in the fruit category. But, uh, but yeah, I, I just, I, uh, I, I love the, the, the not feeling guilty about just being selfishly, you know, stuffing my face with junk food and playing video games for, for infinite, uh, for the entire fucking long weekend or something like that. You know, you literally spend yeah. like 50 hours playing video games. And um, and eat like two gallons of ice cream and just be like, think that that's okay. And you can just look yourself in the mirror and, and you're a happy kid. That was a good weekend. You know? That was a, that was a, that was a good was, weekend. That was a weekend well spent. Well spent. It's like we finished, we, we rented three games and we finished all three of them. Like we were productive. <laughs> you, um, 
Because that, that was how I measured productivity, right? Because if you rented a video game and you didn't finish it, it means you didn't get your money's worth. Right. So I would just I have to like, rent this again. I remember my mom even saying to me, she's like, you better finish those. If you're going to rent four, you better finish them. I'm like that. That's, see, that's my your mom, mom. Your mom supported your habits just like she does now. Yeah. So if you're going to be, if you're going to do it, be good at it. You know, that's freaking, you know, it's funny uh, you, when you brought up the, um, the not caring, I went to lunch with a friend and, uh, uh, we're getting ready to order the food and she looks down and she sees the, 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 the calories. And she was like, I, I don't want to know this. <laughs> like I prefer the <laughs> denial that the Caesar salad is a healthy option before I order my meal. <laughs> right. You get the burger has 800 calories and the Caesar salad has 1100 calories. <laughs> yeah. and, and we're ordering both either way, but it was a lot nicer when we pretended <laughs> that the Caesar was healthy. <laughs> only, only yeah, yeah. funny. Cause I'm literally, I've got one waiting for me because I didn't have time to eat. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> okay. I, I've, I've, that's funny that you bring up food. What is your worst food memory? Oh, that's easy. Um, when I was, uh, I could, I could drive. So I was 16. Um, I went camping and, uh, which that's a nightmare all by itself. I would never do that again. I'm more of a glamper myself, but anyways, right. Um, <laughs> no, so I went camping with my dad and on the way to go camping, we stopped off and got McDonald's and I got a, uh, sausage muffin with egg and got food poisoning. You have not lived until oh. you've been in the middle of the wilderness puking your guts out out the back of your truck for days. And my dad's like old school. He's like, we're camping, bro. It is what it is. Tough it out. So I felt like death for about a day and a half in the woods uh, from food poisoning. So yeah, it's, you can't, you can't, you can't get worse than being in a, in a uncomfortable place anyways, while being food poisoned. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I read this question, I, I had a memory and then you went with the food poisoning route and I'm like, Oh God, that unlocked another memory. So I'm not sure which one I would, I would, I would use, but I remember I hate sour cream. Me too. Okay. Satan I, hate, I, hate, Go ahead. I hate sour cream. It's fucking disgusting. I don't want it anywhere near my food. I don't want to smell it. Hate sour cream. So I'm, I'm like 13 years old and I'm in Greece and we're eating at this, we're on this island in Greece and we're eating dinner at the restaurant in the hotel. And it's like really old school, like the people that own the hotel cook the dinner, right? Right. Like they're, they're like, it's like, that's their life is that hotel, right? They, they do everything. And the so the when you leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So I remember like she cooks up all these half roast chickens and all this food. It was a really great meal. And um, I think they, I remember my dad saying, well, I think they, uh, they knew you were a little Western because, uh, you know, they, they made it a little bit easy for you with the chicken and the potatoes and stuff, right? <laughs> Instead right. of, you know, like something I wouldn't have known as a kid. But anyways, it cooked me up a great meal. And, uh, and there was this big basket of bread and I was eating this bread with butter on it and it was like delicious, right? And the guy yeah. that owned the restaurant, he comes by and he goes, try my, try the sour cream. And I was like, oh, that's okay. You know, I'm good. And he goes, no, you must try it. We make it. Oh God. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. I, I don't, I'm, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm, the bread is really good. And this butter is amazing. And I'm doing good. You know, like I'm really good at, def I'm like, I'm not trying your sour cream. And he grabs right. a piece of bread 
and he just like dips it in the sour cream like thick and he pulls it out and he goes open and he just stuffs it in my mouth and like he just stuffed it in my mouth and i remember i just had a mouthful of bread and sour cream and i was like "Mm." and like looking back on it like he just assaulted this kid he like basically grabbed me by the back of the neck and just fucking jammed (laughs) this sour cream bread in my mouth and i'm like chewing it and everyone at the table's looking at me like like you know (laughs) and i chew it he goes and then he goes yay it's the best or whatever and he walks away and i'm just sitting there "Mm, mm," and the bathroom is right by our table and i was like i'm not gonna fucking make it i can't swallow this i was trying to swallow it and i couldn't swallow it i was i was all freaked out so i just got up and ran in the bathroom i well i made it look like you know i'm just getting up going why you know i'm all cool i'm just you know wipe my hands before i get up put the napkin down walk into the bathroom and fucking puked my guts out i puked up the whole fucking meal that i'd eaten i puked and puked i lost all my food there was like potatoes and chicken and fucking bread and just fucking i fucking lost it all and i remember i went back out there and i ate like an entire basket of bread because i was fucking starving (laughs) it was the only thing left on the table (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was so grossed out. I was just so upset, but I was starving. So I just went right back to eating bread and butter. And I was like, I, I can't wait until off. somebody somebody pulls up at your gym one day and just leaves you a container of sour cream as a gift. I just, I'll never forget that. And then I remember that moment. I was like, maybe I should have been more assertive and like, like not open to my mouth, you know, like, like just. Maybe you should have bit his finger for reaching. Yeah, reach your, yeah, your head just, back. Yeah, I just it was funny because as a 13 year old kid, I didn't know what to fucking do. Like, the, and the guy was like, kind of like this big Greek guy with a beard, like, open up, you know? You, you yes, weren't sir. expecting like, to be forcefully fed. I mean, no, uh, that, guy's, crazy, that guy's done yeah. other things in his life that are highly illegal. I can tell he does no issue with <laughs> forcing his way. There's just some women in there that also know him as well. He's no, no, you <laughs> don't mean no, you mean yes. Yeah, no, so I mean, no. Cr- it, it was funny. I'll never forget that. But that was my worst food memory. And so now if somebody comes at me with bread, I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> what is this? What is this? Oh, I got some PTSD. You go ahead. Speaking of food, what is your favorite sub shop? And what do you order? It's a great question. Favorite sub shop? Um so it used to be Quiznos. I cannot believe Do you know what Quiznos that. is. Exact classic Italian. Quiznos. Run it through, run it, run it through the the burner twice, so it gets extra crispy. Goddamn right, I know Quiznos. So the Quiznos, <laughs> I used to have the Quiznos double steak. I'd go in there and make my own one. I just put like a bunch of steak on it with some cheese and 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 whatever, and do my thing and get it like really toasted. And um, oh man, it must have been like last year sometime. I stopped and got a Quiznos and the fucking meat was like off. Like it was like, I took a few bites. I'd already got home though. And I took a few bites and I was like, Oh fuck. This fucking steak is like bad. And I was so fucking grossed out that I haven't been back to Quiznos. I had Subway a few times, but Subway is like the generic, like it's usually good. You know what you're going to get, but Quiznos was better, but man, I, 
Fuck. I was upset. I used to, I used to get a Quiznos all the time. I loved it. But I did always get the look because I would. I like them to put it through the, the oven twice because I want it. I want it burnt. Like, you know, there's the black part that they say you shouldn't eat. That's the best part. Right around the, so, yeah, the edge of the bread. Yeah, the, the carcinogenic uh, carbon-based stuff. Yeah, I remember because they, they would always look at me. They'd run it through it. I'm like, run it through again. They kind of pause. I'm like, one more time. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I'm an experienced orderer. It's fine. Uh, but now, if I had to choose, because I haven't been in so long, I like Jersey Mike's now. They, uh, they I set do, it up Yeah, right. I don't have one here. Okay. The only problem I'll have to, is, I'll have to check here's, what's, here's what's crazy, though. This is what blows my mind. Do you remember that you used to get a sandwich for cheap? It's over $20 for a foot-long sandwich with a drink and a side. Like in chips. Yeah. They're like or, yeah. Or right around 20 bucks. I'm like, is it a $20 sandwich? And essentially the star, of the, show was, the star of the show was bread because there's not much meat on there. Uh, I'm getting cheap, man. But I just, that, that hurts my soul just, a little bit every time. Just, still just wait for the, uh, wait for the inflation to really hit. Next year it'll be 30 oh. bucks for a sub. And minimum exactly. wage will be 20 bucks. And everyone and people and will everyone think they're happy. And everyone making twenty bucks will actually be poorer than they were when they were making fifteen bucks. That's, that's my favorite part works. about that argument. Everyone's like, "We need to have a higher." I'm like, "What do you think will happen to the price of goods? Who do you think?" Yeah, pays for that? I, you know that how, actually. Yeah, how's this? That actually happened at one point when I owned my stores, where they pushed the limit. And I was like, "Fine, I'll just have less employees." Right. Right. My business. Yeah, I mean, can there's only a point where the math has to work. So right? Yeah. So I'm like, "All right, cool. Let's." You know, you're, you're right. I'm wrong. Let's elevate the price to the point that you have to work more, you know, alone instead of with a partner. Perfect. Do your thing, homie. Right. Right, right. Um, okay. So I, oh, I, this, picked up. I, I already got one for you because this is important. Everyone needs to know. Tupac or Biggie? For me? Yeah. Biggie. All right. Okay. Why? 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 I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, I'm saying why. I, 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 so I had a friend who used to play Biggie all the time in the, in the truck on the way to the gym. Right. So I just have more positive memory relation related, you know, brain wirings to some of Biggie's stuff. I think I've heard more of Biggie's stuff than I have of Tupac's stuff. Right. And there's a lot of Tupac songs that I've heard. They kind of have like almost a bit of a, a slow R&B kind of beat. Right. And I don't really dig R&B shit at all. I kind of hate right. R&B swing and I don't like R&B beats. I don't give a shit about soul music. Um, so anything that's got that, you know, that sort of swing, even if the lyrics are clever, I'm kind of like, ah. I like more aggressive beats and stuff. Right. And I know Biggie had some of that stuff too, you know, like I'm fucking you tonight, but that's right. just, <laughs> that's just such a but classic. That, but, that, but, but that's going to say, but, but then you factor in what hey, was being said. Hey. And you would... <laughs> but that was a, that was a love making song to be fair. Well, I mean, so, he obviously was professing his most classy dual woman at that point. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, and then I remember like, I remember at one point, like, not that I give a shit now, 
because it's laughable. But and I don't remember what year this was. I mean, this was back in the nineties. Because didn't Tupac get killed in like ninety eight? Uh, he was killed when did Tupac in get killed? 96. 96. 96. So so this is way back when I was young. But I remember someone like showed me a quote back then. Like it was uh-huh. in like a magazine or an interview or something. And and I remember he was like, yeah, I hate white people or something. I don't want them to fucking listen to my music or something. I can't remember what he said. But right. it was like something to that effect. And I was like, oh, okay, well, fuck that guy then. I just won't listen yeah, to done. him. Yeah, done. Yeah, I got so you. then I was like, oh, this NWA never said never told me to go fuck myself so i was listening to nwa you know what i mean like i was into gangster rap it was just kind of a funny thing and i was like you know i don't even know if tupac actually said that or not because you know like that was so long ago i don't know what his actual quote is someone who's a tupac fan will probably dig up the actual quote and maybe it's not as bad because of context or maybe maybe it's worse maybe it's worse right maybe he actually was like fuck you ron Ron partlow exactly ron partlow's a fucking (laughs) asshole don't buy my record i hate that white guy yeah yeah so anyways so what do you think of that how does that what do you think of my answer i i i follow it it's funny because this i laughed when i saw the question because i was just asked this recently but my answer was tupac but the reason had nothing to do with his music uh, it was the things that I've heard about how much he accomplished in 25 years on the planet and the amount yeah, of right. music he produced and all that. So, again, it wasn't even about the music because what I think was so terrible back then when they had this whole East versus West battle is all of us, you know, suburban white kids were buying both and thought they were amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love California so love. Yeah, you know? so it was, it was one of those I, things where – I shouldn't even say it like that because it sounds bad, but basically anyone who wasn't in one of the rival gangs were listening to both. Like, so it was just yeah. one of those things where you're like, I don't see the, the poll, but I remember just being blown away by once I learned, and this was probably 10 years ago, which would be years and years after his death, was finding out all the things he did. And then, and then he was the first person to ever have a uh, number one hit in the billboard while serving a prison sentence. Yeah. Um, So the thing about Tupac that I I respect is how he kind of stood up for himself and fought the legal system and with all of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that stuff was before the time. You know, uh, you'll laugh and this is not a question. But so while driving across country, we started doing the, uh, you know, play old music. And then you have to know who it is game. And right. all I could think of is I, I finally just said, I go, you know, I wish Ron was here because not only would he know the answer, but he would tell you who was playing the bass and what year it came out and why it was not the year you thought it was. <laughs> I said, hey, I got the, the guy I, just, I didn't the guy know. just knows things that people don't know. <laughs> well, I didn't know Tupac's death year. I thought it was 98. Okay. Yeah, see, but I think, I think that that one is because uh, I was living in, in, uh, Arizona. So I was really close. And I remember it was kind of like when Kurt Cobain died. Like I can remember where I was when I heard it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it sounds crazy. Yeah. His was, his was more cause I was a skater kid, whatever. But I, I remember like, just like nine 11, I remember where I was standing when I heard that he had committed suicide and I'm like, you know, what yeah, I'm I walked into many- the gym. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like, the morning I was listening to the, I was listening to in utero in my truck. So I was like listening to Nirvana on the way to the gym. I got to the gym 
And I got right. out and walked in the front door and my friend worked at the gym and I walked right in. He looked right at me. He goes, Kurt Cobain killed himself today. And I was like, what? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. In the wag- I remember that was the first experience of my life where people, all the people I knew were impacted by it. Like people crying that had never met him before. And it was just like, wow. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> it was also the old news, like, Back in the mid nineties, like, like the only news you had was like every gym just had like a TV that was just always running the news all day. Like all airports have CNN. Right. And you just had like the news on and it didn't matter what channel you were on. It was just Kurt Cobain's vigil all day. They kept changing the cameras. Go have a look at Kurt Cobain's vigil. And it's like pouring rain and everyone's standing in the park and in umbrellas and they're all crying and people are like, like, you know, thousands of piles of flowers all around the place and everyone standing outside his house and and it was like on the news like there was nothing else going on that day yeah the world stopped for that day yeah so it was the same thing i experienced last year with kobe being in la when that happened was you weren't there that trip but that was wild man because we were we were also downtown i mean we were across the street from where the lakers played so when we came out the final day there were crowds of people in a vigil that had started. And it was just yeah. amazing to me to see that, that cele- some celebrities can have that impact. You know what I mean? It, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. An entire, an entire city. Um, we haven't done a training one yet. What? What is that? We just kind of got off. You know, we you want to talk about bodybuilding? I thought I, if we're going to do it's just bodybuilding, do we have to talk about bodybuilding? Because so far we haven't even like grazed it. <laughs> That's so funny. You the funny thing we, was we is I, for the other things. <laughs> I didn't get many training questions today. I got one on, let's just bang them out. What's the best way to bring up my rear delts? Oh, I mean, my, my favorite movement, if I had to pick one movement, uh, credit John Meadows, thank you, is uh, the incline dumbbell swings. I love those um i see them done wrong all the time but uh but but done correctly where you hang off and let your arms literally pull forward as far as they can almost like you're letting them dislocate um and grabbing i mean usually what i tell guys to do is grab about double what you can actually do a rear lateral with and and slow controlled move them never letting them touch that's the other thing is like we do sets of 50 with those um and if they touch that rep doesn't count um right it's you're essentially you're 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 essentially stretch loading the rear delts massively stretch loading them yeah through a short i love that movement man like truthfully if if i had to take one one direct rear delt movement that would be it um which is wild because i would have never guessed that and i don't think that that's the case for most people but i love that movement for sure how about you my answer is that most people aren't using their rear delts properly. I don't think. No, rhomboids. And you know, and and that's the traps. you know. So like the the rear delt machine they're using, or the cable they're using, or the dumbbell they're using, um, would be far more productive if they just found their rear delt. You know what I mean? Like I see the I see the lat and the trap, and I, and I mean obviously your your scaps are going to move. Like there's going to be some scapular movement. They can't be locked down. That's unrealistic. Everything moves together. But right. it's the degree, like, are your traps doing a full range of motion or are they just like moving enough that your rear delts can, 
um, the, the rule is the muscle that's doing the largest range of motion is doing most of the work. So right. if your rear delt, if your rear delts only moving like a bit in reality, but your scap is moving a lot, then there's a problem. But if your scap's moving a bit and your rear delts going through a full range, you're fine. And right. you have to get your form down. I mean, bent dumbbell laterals, like standing bent over ones where you, cause you can do strict reps and then you can do some cheat reps. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you can push oh, yeah. your set. I, you push your set way beyond failure because there's a safe cheat rep there for you to do. Like, you know, some exercises aren't safe to cheat on and others are. And bent rear delt laterals, I mean, keep your core tight. You can fucking swing another six, ten reps out if you want. So they're a, yeah. good, they're a good one to go ape shit on. And I did that a lot when I was young. But, yeah, I mean, I like your heavy swings. I like everything that you said. But, yeah, I think most people just aren't using their rear delts. Yeah, no, and, and you're definitely okay. right. I that's the case with almost every lateral movement there is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I think the things that look to look to be easy are the ones that people make mistakes on. You know what I mean? Yeah, lateral is a big one. Um, okay. If you had to change your first name, what would it be? I already did. <laughs> my born name was Dustin, but it felt super official to me, like classy and like something that someone would have a, a legitimate career with, not be a bodybuilder. So I was like, this isn't going to work for me. Oh, so okay. you did legally change it? Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't so, be Dustin. Just so, didn't, it didn't work for me. I mean, no, but it's okay. still, I mean, I didn't legally change it, but it's to the point where, uh, I have to remind myself when signing legal documents. Oh, okay. actually here's okay. the thing. I sign my name Dusty on legal documents, but I write it in as Dustin because nobody verifies so the stuff. Here's, here's a funny here's a funny fact. Someone actually just asked me the other day if your name was Dusty or Dustin. And I said, I think it's Dustin. Because I remember seeing Dustin on like your mutant contract. Right. So I wasn't wrong, but you do totally go by Dusty then. Yeah, That's like I, I wouldn't I never like I said, I mean, other than an absolute legal document. Even when I go to hotels or whatever for that kind of stuff where it doesn't really matter, I'm okay. dusty. Okay. Um, what if you had to change it? What if you had to change it? Well, I've also already done that um, because of ordering. When I order food <clears throat> and I say dusty, it fucking derails people. They can't handle it. So my food ordering name is Steve because people accept it. They will write down Steve. They know how to spell it. And they will call my name correctly every single time. So yes, when I order takeout, I am Steve. And actually, it only bit me in the ass once. I was on the road, and I was Steve. And I went to pick up my order, and the kid behind the counter goes, oh my god, Dusty Hanshaw. And he's like, I don't see your order. I'm like, it's Steve. <laughs> and so he was like, I was like, long story, just give Steve his order. I got He probably thinks that you think you're so famous, you have to use a fake name. <laughs> he's like, I always liked that guy, but now he's a douche. It's like, you know, like, like George Clooney orders pickup. He's like, George Clooney. And they're like, oh, my God, George Clooney's coming in to pick up his food. You know, and there's a yeah. big group of, of paparazzi there. He's probably thinking, Dusty thinks he's so famous that he's got to My ego is so inflated. <laughs> you know, it's funny, though. So, oh, Ron, yeah. that actually, that, that came up because of a video we did. So, it's on tape. A lot of people who are listening will know what it is. I was ordering food from a burrito express uh, and Todd was filming and he's filming me order. 
And I told them what I wanted, and, I, and they were like, can I get a name for the order? I said, Dusty. And I said, D-U-S-T-Y. She goes, Steve? And I'm like, yep, Steve. And I just went with it. I was like, fuck it. I'll be Steve. <laughs> so, so it became permanent because I did realize when she said that, I was like, you know what? Steve works. So there's my answer. Right. How about you? Your, your, your answer can't possibly be as messy as mine. Go ahead. <laughs> no. So um, fun fact, fun fact, my mom had a name that she wanted to give me but my dad wasn't into it so they didn't use it and then there was another name another name that made the final list and it was the final two and they went with ron because my dad's name is don my name will be ronald same middle name so you know and there was already a ronald there was already a ronald in the family like generationally before so um you know it was kind of Kind of went with that. So the name that my mom wanted to give me was Ace. 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 I'm actually down Ace. with Ace. I'm down with Ace. Yeah. I mean, your mom well, and I have the same style. And my mom, you know, she was born in 1940s. So, you know, World War II kid, right? But she, right. she liked the name Ace. And then the name that made the final list was Lee. 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 So I, was almost, I, I was almost a Lee. Lee, Ron, isn't it funny how names used to be? Now, now we just name our kids like random shit, like Apple. Like, your name is Apple. Yeah. Or, or what is that? What's uh, what? What did uh, Elon Musk, Elon Musk, name his kid? Like, it's like some mathematical symbol with a number XPI nine seven four, whatever he named his kid. <laughs> it's like you're setting your kid up to get his ass kicked in school. When you start doing shit like that. He probably bought a star. He probably purchased the rights to a star that's named that. So his kid has a star named after him. It's probably connected to something. He, he named his kid after a star instead of his, instead of naming a star after his kid. Elon's so smart he didn't understand how it works. <laughs> if 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 uh, if you had to design a quad workout with only three exercises, and you had to use it for your entire career, what would you? set up if you only had one quad workout and you just had to progress on it in one way or another for the rest of your life what would it be so you got to think of everything you can't just think of exercises that you like now you got to think of how long you have to do them for wear and tear all that so that's stuff. that's the thing so so that that's where it becomes easy so for me um first which will shock people would be leg press because i think it's a versatile movement um, when you're injured, you can typically leg press. You can find a way to leg press. Um, even when I'm, my joints are bothering me, I'm like, oh, go to the leg press. We can leg press. Like, so that would be the movement. Uh, one I would leave out, which will shock people, is hack squats because I know that as my – I mean, I hate to use the word, but as my time in the gym continues, I will use the hack squat less and less um, because it is just rough on your joints. Um I would use a pendulum because I have no issue at all with that. Uh, again, versatile because I can move my feet up and down to uh, adjust. And then the uh, the one that would throw people is Bulgarian split squats. I hate them. They would be in the mix. I think that's probably the most painful movement I do. Um, and that is my version. So here's the thing. By, by, by the movements I've used, I can do things like uh, imitates the, what I feel on a sissy squat, things like that. 
Um, I hate extensions unless I'm using the, the uh, I think it's, is it Prime that uses that as a good extension? Sorry? Is, is Prime the extension that you have that I love? Yeah, yeah, the plate-loaded one, yep. Yeah, that's the only extension in the world that doesn't hurt me. Um, so that's why you did not hear the word uh, extension put on my list because it's literally huh. the only one that's worth a shit, in my opinion. <clears throat> well, I, I would go, um, I mean... If I had to be a bodybuilder and I could only pick three three exercises for quads, um, I would probably just hack press and extension. And right. um, I like the Bulgarian I like the Bulgarian split squat thrown in there. But I guess I sort of thought of that as like, well, all you need is a dumbbell, so you don't need to buy a machine for that. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, um, another thing about Bulgarians is Bulgarians would also fulfill the requirement to load the quad under a fixed hip because that back yep. leg you get a lot of rectus femoris activation in the back leg when you start to approach failure on your front leg the back leg mm -hmm. really has to kick in to drive you up and stabilize you so at least you got that because you know that rectus femoris needs to be locked down to be really truly loaded and yeah. um and and that's why also why you need a, a a hip extension like a squat movement in your quad workout. You can't be all leg presses because the rectus femoris isn't stretch loaded on a leg press. It never at gets all. there. Not even close. Yeah. And and it's I mean it still does a lot of work. Uh, you know, on the final, um, especially if you band, if you band the leg press and make the top heavier, like you know mm -hmm. what I mean. You band up to make the top heavier or whatever. Um, the rectus fem get gets more activation near the lockout. Um, so that right. helps, but yeah, you need a squat movement and you need a fixed hip. So like a sissy squat or an extension or Bulgarians with the back leg, but you need something in there to get, you know, complete quads. So that's just how I'm thinking right. with my, I agree. you know, yeah, that'd be, that'd be what I would do. We got time for one more. We do. We do. We have, we have just enough time for another one. Do you have okay. it? Yeah, I got I got two, but I'll save the one for me because it's. So I got one that's movie related. I don't know if you want to do it Ooh. or not. Yes, I do. It's so we, we've talked about this before, but I guess they want clarification. Best and worst Tarantino movies. So we haven't talked about this topic. We just talked about Tarantino movies, but saying worst. if you had to pick a best and worst. Damn. I have a hard time with worst. I mean, best for me, and this is this is, and I don't even know that it's definitely the best movie, but it's what it's what introduced me to Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. Um, so that that's kind of like I don't even know that I would say it's the best, but it's the best for me because of that. You know what no, I mean? No, it 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 makes sense. Um, Pulp Fiction is also the most watchable repeatedly. Um, True. You know, Tarantino Tarantino isn't making he never intended to make like easily digestible, like, you know, put it on in the background. Like it's not like wedding crashers or something. You just throw it on at a party and people can just like casually watch five minute snippets of it and have a laugh. Um, his movies are made to be watched, you know, from beginning to end and listened to and all the dialogue heard and all that stuff. So Pulp Fiction is probably my favorite. I think it's probably his best movie. Obviously, you know, once upon a time in Hollywood is kind of what, you know, everyone's saying is his masterpiece, but that's right. from like a film filmmaker point of view. Um, Pulp Fiction is the best because it's the most watchable repeatedly. And it, it also, 
presents every single person who sees it is like, oh, wow, that was something else. Like, you know what I mean? There's, right. there's a, a lot in there. Um, if I had to pick a worst, which you, you, you know which one you would go with? No, I'm, I'm I, actually I'm really I, cheating because I'm I'm looking to see what what the options were because all the jumps in my head are the really good ones. So I I've liked all of his movies, and I purposely rewatched a few of them lately because of the Joe Rogan interview. Um, right. And one of the ones that I rewatched was Death Proof. That's so funny. I and, just I just looked at it. <laughs> yeah. So so rewatching Death Proof was really interesting because it was super fun to rewatch after hearing him talk about it and mm-hmm. you know about why, how he made it and why he made it and you know what they did with the stunts and the cars and you know all that stuff. So it was really cool to rewatch it with a lot more appreciation. Um right. but at the same time I know that he was purposely making a genre movie. It's a it's a 70s grindhouse, essentially a slasher flick. Right. So most of the female characters in it are written with a genre in mind. So they're not realistically speaking. It's it's right. very self-indulgent. A lot of the the dialogue annoyed the shit out of me. Especially the scene where they go to they go to test drive the car. There were so many things in that conversation. I just some of the dialogue drove me fucking crazy rewatching it. But right. I knew that it wasn't. It's not because Tarantino doesn't know how to write a script. It's because he purposely wrote them that way. Because the right. movie make it makes you anxious. You're like fucking get to the point. Like <laughs> right, I like they're, your they're, they're fucking here, nattering. Yeah. They're 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 nattering on about nonsense, and you're like, just fucking you. You're you're here to test drive the car. Just fucking test drive the car. Like I remember being super annoyed with them during that scene, and I was like, Tarantino wanted me to be annoyed with them. Yeah, that was by design, right? It was by design. So if I had to pick a worst, I guess I I don't think I could watch Death Proof again. It would probably drive me crazy because I watch it right to appreciate. And stuff and now the next time I watch it, the dialogue would just drive me crazy. Right, it just piss you off instead. <laughs> Get to the fucking point. Why are they nattering on about stupid shit? Yeah, but their 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 characters were exactly what they were supposed to be. So that's like right. kind of the genius thing. Now I can see that because because that would be a, I mean that is what you're telling me, and I don't remember quite honestly, but what you're telling me right. could be enough for me to turn a movie off because I'm like ah right like, right I can't. <laughs> Like, but after you know, hearing I, him I, talk I could about the mulligan yeah. and call it a day. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just funny because I don't knew worry, Clinton. I know you're good. <laughs> I knew. I remember thinking, like, "Wow, he's manipulating me emotionally right now." <laughs> I now you know? know most of his uh, his, his uh, personal life because this is what he knows how to do. Yeah, and I think the anxiety that that the annoyance almost makes the like the the violence that comes later like more tense like the car chase it's crazy yeah yeah Yeah. and so it's it's hard to say it's the worst because there's such an such awesome car chases in it but it's just it's just i couldn't watch it again it would drive me crazy so i follow you i follow you but it's also hard to make it the worst because you know that even the things that you were bothered by you're sitting there going but i respect you because you did it on purpose (laughs) yeah yeah you're (laughs) fucking with me essentially yeah okay classic well dusty we uh we killed a couple hours it looks like we did all right yes we did all right we, we got guys um, through uh, you know three or four cardio sessions 
And, you know, awesome that that Meadows episode, we got that out, kind of snuck that out as like a bonus episode after we told everyone it wasn't going to happen. So I'm really glad that people went and listened to the audio and, uh, and I'm glad it didn't get wasted because the people that really want to hear what John has to say, it's right there for them. So um, yeah. super happy about that. Okay, Dusty, remember everyone, like, share, subscribe, repeat, ring the bell. And uh, I'm looking forward, Dusty. Keep uh, keep me posted on the gym situation this week, and yes. and where where you wind up, um, you know, becoming an investor, and uh, <laughs> and exactly how this goes, or uh, whether you uh, you know add another two carports to your garage and and do the Dusty Henshaw <laughs> home special. So which we'll is a very strong possibility. <laughs> okay, I heard land is a little cheaper there than Arizona. So maybe you Just can a pick up a pick up a little place for yourself, you know? Okay. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Out, Everybody, it's just bodybuilding.